And thank you very much for tuning in to another episode of Code with Kingy, where we are previewing the All Blacks' second Bledisloe Cup test this weekend at Eden Park. Joining me on the mic this week is uh, one of my good mates, and we're actually doing this in person. This is my first in-person interview or um, podcast, uh, that being McManix. Uh, first of all, bro, thank you very much for your time, and uh, if you just want to kick us off, what do you think of the game on the weekend? Uh, yeah, kia ora, Jordan. Uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, I mean, first Bledisloe Cup game. Pretty, pretty nervous, as you could imagine. But uh, yeah, I thought the All Blacks came out pretty scrappy. First, I'd say 20 minutes was just really a lot of mistakes. Penalty ridden, wasn't much structure, didn't really flow too well. So um, but then they, yeah, obviously picked it up in the second half or before the half even. Got that try with um, Sibby Reese, really changed things around. And then, yeah, probably had it for the next 20 minutes. But um, obviously, at the end, sort of lost lost it at the end. So, yeah, I think some something to think about for the All Blacks going to the second test. But all in all, you know, a win's a win. <laughs> yeah, exactly, bro. That's but that's probably been my biggest takeaway. Like a win's a win. But yeah, like that last twenty minutes was really disappointing for me. Just you know, the fact that the, the All Blacks were up thirty three eight, and even though they probably didn't deserve to be up at that many points, you know, they were. It was very fortuitous that try that you mentioned with Severich right at the end of the first half. I think had that not happened, that would have changed the whole complex of the game. And then coming out of that second half, first we had that really spectacular non-try, which showed what the All Blacks can do when they have a bit of razzle and have a bit of, have a bit of confidence. But then following that, you know, the Australians strung some phases together and then bang, Moana gets an intercept. And that was pretty much the end of the game. But yeah, 33-25, the end result. Um, yeah, you, I just would have liked to have seen the All Blacks be a bit more clinical um, in that last 20 minutes. And I'm not sure if that's really a reflection of the players taking their foot off the gas or whether that's more so telling of Ian Foster and maybe his lack of killer instinct like we may have seen in the past with previous coaches. This, for me, I know I've, re- I've repeatedly said it, he's a pretty like mellow dude, very vanilla. Like There's nothing like cool or sort of like swaggery about him. Like Take Steve Hansen, for example, the guy that, He's obviously succeeded. He was always found him like a bit of an arrogant guy, you know, just slightly, not overly like, but your typical guy that like, you know, if you asked him for like a photo in the pub, he'd probably sort of shrug you off. Whereas with Ian Foster, I feel like he'd be flustered and wouldn't know what to do. (laughs) On on the game um, itself, you know, going into the X's and O's, I thought the All Blacks played quite laterally. There wasn't a lot of directness. And again, if you look at that back line, there isn't really the bulk there at all. I mean, yeah, David Havili, who's been sort of the focal point for them through that Steinlager series, you know, the, the Fijian test and the Tongan test. And then even on Saturday, he was taking a lot of the first phase ball. But there's just not that like impact that you'd probably see out of maybe Lanani Lamapi. And I thought that they'd look to incorporate Riku Irwani into the game, you know, given, you know, Will Jordan's off with a hamstring injury. And I thought that would be a great way for him to sort of build his confidence back up. And he had a couple of nice touches, but given what I've watched of the Springboks over in that South African tour, and that they're playing a whole different brand of rugby, I feel like the All Blacks are going to need to try and find something to get themselves over the game line outside of having to rely so heavily on their forwards. I know that might be all a bit too much. You know, I've talked for probably like two or three minutes now, bro. But like, like, like what did you take away, you know, with you being a back? You know, you, you've played a bit of rugby in your time. What would you have liked to have seen the All Blacks done? Or did you like anything that you saw? Yeah, like, as you say, like, you look across that back line, there's not a whole lot of punch. You know, Anton and Brown 
carries hard and straight but in terms of like that you know that one ball carrier they will just get you across the game line yeah it's hard to hard to point out one but yeah i think that's going forward what the all blacks going to have to think about i mean yeah that british and irish lines tour over in south africa they're, they're some big boys um so yeah looking forward you hope all blacks have something up their sleeve but yeah it's not it's I don't really, I'm sure. Yeah, well, <laughs> thankfully, we're not the ones that's having to answer those sorts of questions. But yeah, maybe that was the reason why they were looking to play so laterally. You know, the mm. fact that they don't have that guy that can punch it up. And then on the topic of size, if you look at our back three, and again, like I'm I'm more so saying all this stuff, you know, looking ahead to when we play the South Africans, because that's going to be ultimately our biggest test. I think from what we saw on Saturday, the Wallabies are pretty meh. You know, they can mm. maybe give us a bit of a scare in patches, but they don't have the quality of players to put together an 80-minute performance on a consistent basis for me. And again, like I've watched, a, I haven't watched a hell of a lot of that line series, but, you know, like I've watched a lot of the extended highlights and a lot of it's kicking and forward orientated. And like while we're on the topic of talking about backs, if you look across our back three, you know, you, you talk about Damian McKenzie here in Presswood and... I don't know how he gets out of half the collisions he does, you know, unscathed. But you look at him, he's not a very big guy. You've got Severis on one wing. He's not very big either. And you'd think that given the form that Will Jordan was in this year and probably the last 12 months, he'd Mm. be given the nod on the left wing. And then you throw that in with the more finesse-style midfielders that we have in David Havili and Antoinette Brown. Yeah, There's just no size. And so, like, but yeah, on the topic of back three, though, do we need to keep Iwani in there or do we need to bring in someone with maybe a little bit more height, you know, when we come up against those bigger teams? Because I feel like the Springboks aren't going to play expansive. They're just going to stick to what they know, their tried and true, which is just bash it up in the forwards and try to play the kicking game. Yeah. And, and you know, like throwing in with that, you know, the fact that the All Blacks were playing quite expansively, we haven't seen them kick a hell of a lot. So we, I still don't really have a gauge on like how well we're going to do tactically there. So I don't know, like, given we've already won one game, would you like to see this weekend maybe a bit more tactical stuff from our backs and, you know, maybe try out someone else in the outside backs? I know you got to build that continuity as a team, mm. but, like, is it... like I'm, I'm just not sure if the 15 that we've got on the field right now is the right horse for the course when we play the South Africans. I think that's the beauty with this all-back squad. There's just so much to choose from, especially in the backs when you think about... Yeah, like your, your Will Jordans, your Geordie Barrett's. Um, you've got, you know, the likes of Bowden Barrett on the on the mm. line. So it's just trying to fit the pieces and the puzzle, I think. You you want to be building continuity and, you know, building that chemistry between players. Um, but, yeah, it's a really, it's a bit of a head-scratcher about who, who's best suited to wear. I certainly think the way Damian McKenzie held, held his game on Saturday, he probably deserves another go. On the wings... Like, I know Rico Ioane's played most of his uh, Super Rugby in the centres, which I really enjoyed watching him go, go about his business in there. Um, but, you know, on the wing, you know, he's got a hell of a lot of speed. Uh, I think the fact that, you know, he's been in the centres, he's got that, you know, that passing, the ball handling, he could, he could easily fit out there in the wing, for sure. Seve Reese, yeah, another good one who loves to go looking for work, you know, he, Got his try with a pick and go. Um, yeah. So I'm sure one of the fours would probably be a bit pissed off about <laughs> that one. But um, it's, it's, it's a tough one. There's so much so much to pick from. And yeah, Ian Foster's definitely got his uh, 
work cut out for him, I think. Yeah, totally. I, I, again, I, I know that, you know, people are going to say, well, you know, if we stick with this team and we build it and we build it and build it, you know, hopefully we have the game plan so that when we play a bigger team, you know, it, it all comes, you know, it, it all blossoms. But mm. I don't know, just given what I've seen in the last 12 months and the fact that Ian Foster's in the hot seat this year, if he, I feel like if he doesn't get a result against the South Africans, um, rightly or wrongly, he probably doesn't have like the, the greatest um, edge going into that contract negotiation or whether or not another contract gets thrown at him. Because, yeah, yeah I, I, like we can we can set the world on fire against Australia and Argentina with the team that we had, you know, this previous weekend. But then if we go up against Springboks and lose, everyone's going to go like, oh, well, that's what happens when you play smaller guys, da 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 So mm. and even though I'm not the biggest fan of him, he's in a really, really, really tough spot. Yeah, that's but, a tough one. One of the positives that I that I did take out of, or one of the few positives that I took out of Saturday's game was the intent of the forwards. Now, despite a few handling errors and some sloppy tackling, as we mentioned in that last quarter, mm. I thought they got stuck into their work quite well. And like one of the things that stood out for me was at line-out time. They were actually quite disruptive, which is something you don't typically see of an All Blacks forward pack. Yeah. And I and I, I throw this question to you. Do you feel like our forwards have, you know, had another 12 months, you know, with this coaching staff and, and are a little bit harder or does this speak volumes of the likes of like Brody Vitalik coming back into the mix and what sort of influence that he has on those boys? Yeah, so I think I was I was wondering about you know Brody Vitalik's return, especially not playing a full you know super season in New Zealand. I was wondering about how he can come back and whether the the physicality, the the pace of the game was going to affect him, but it certainly hasn't. On Saturday, it definitely showed. What he's capable of and what we you know learn to know that man can perform and and you know his locking partner uh sam whitelock yeah just a veteran i don't know about his running ability and uh <laughs> taking it up but um oh he seems you know he's he's all about captain for a reason so i think yeah it, it helps having those guys amongst the in the in the ranks anyway um trying to lead those guys but i'm, I'm you know i'm very impressed by even the younger people coming up or the younger, younger players, you know, Dalton Papali, I thought he had an outstanding game on Saturday. Going about his work, you know, there was some hard runners coming at him, but he stopped them in the track. So I, I was really pleased to see those, you know, the, the young guys coming in and stepping forward. And um, I think it's exciting things to see. Yeah, I think the, the other thing for me is that we're still maybe a little bit unsettled in that four pack. You know, we've, we've got our locks. And we've got a couple of, you know, experienced uh, locks on our bench now with Patrick Tuipolotu and Scott Barrett, who can mm. maybe not fill those shoes, but, you know, can maybe, you know, make up 80, 90% of them. But then, yeah, looking towards like our front row stocks and then who we go for in our, uh, in our loose forward trio. Like you mentioned Dalton Papali'i, who I'm a fan of, very quiet worker. Yeah. You know, he's, he's the sort of dude that just goes about his business. You know, he doesn't have the big carries and he'll have the odd turnover here and then. But when you look at the stat sheet after the game, he's got like a dozen tackles. Um, and you mentioned the fact that a lot of them are front on, you know, you're talking off the back of line outs and whatever else. Yeah. But, you know, like, where does he fit into the equation when Sam Kane comes back? And, you know, like, is Adi Severe our number eight? I'm, you know, like, I'm more a fan of him at open side, but given the All Black captains are open side, that's probably not going to be the case, you know, looking towards that next World Cup. Mm. And even at blind side, like, I'm, I'm a big fan of Akira Rewani. Um, he didn't have the game that I thought he'd have you know, with it being at home and him being a, his first real opportunity and a, and a real test to to stamp his mark. But again, it was a, it was a pretty ugly game all in all, so it's hard to really stand out. But yeah, I, 
I, I just want Ian Foster to settle in on a on a fifteen, or, or although I've just talked a bit of shit about the about the backs and maybe you know like changing a few things, maybe a little more so to look looking toward our four back. You know, John Pumpy to really settle on an eight, even though he's still got his all black captain to come back. So whether or not that's just really sticking with Artie at eight and yeah. giving him all the you know all the time he needs there, and then if a kid is your six, keep him there. You know, don't toss and change between him and Frizzell, you know, depending on, you know, like how they perform one week to the next. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I guess like leading into this week, you know, no changes for you in that, in that 15 or that 23, given what we saw. Uh, oh, I can't really speak for the Fords really. I don't know. No, don't know too much about that. So um, yeah, I thought they were, they did pretty, pretty good. Um, if I had to choose in the backs, nah, not too much, I guess. I, I really actually, I really looking forward to watching Harvey and uh, Antonin Brown in the centres. I was really hoping, you know, those two would come together. And the the I thought Harvey, he's obviously, as I say, like no no Lamapi, he's not going to be running up their meters, but he was he was looking for work, and um, he injected himself in, into the line quite a few times, and uh, I was really impressed by that. Uh, Antonin Brown, obviously safe as houses you know he's gonna make his tackles and mm. make it make his runs and yeah uh damien at the back yeah i wouldn't want to change him up and sevu rico so if all jordan's fit where does he fit in it does he yeah like, does he even make the 23 like do you because oh, you... if you drop a winger they and you've got Bodie and geordie on the bench yeah they're probably together all out yeah so. you almost if that's the case, you got to almost think is Rico going to be out of that twenty-three if Will Jordan's coming back. So, oh, you, you can't deny Will Jordan's. He's had a phenomenal season, both for the Crusaders and even in these few games against Tonga and Fiji. So, I think he demands to be in that twenty-three somewhere um, if he's fit and ready. Yeah, it's a tough one. Yeah, on the season. Me, me personally, I think I'd rather think? I, I'd rather drop Sevu just just from a size perspective. Like yeah. that, that may yeah. sound weird, but I feel like you no, know, Will Jordan's tall, but he doesn't carry a lot of meat on his bones. Whereas like Rico, he's got a bit of power in behind him. He probably bulked up a little bit playing in the centers this year. Yeah, while still having all that speed, and yeah, like you said with Will Jordan, like as Edas as the guy is, you know, you need those guys who get the fortuitous bounces in games where it's just like, <laughs> how the fuck did he get there? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, on our bench, you know, again, like I don't know enough about foreplay um, mm. <laughs> to really comment and, you know, like, you know, really get into it with that stuff. So I think that um, as long as, you know, we're not getting blown up for scrum penalties and the ball's coming down from the line out clean, I'll leave it there, yeah. which it has been. Our set piece has probably been one of the strengths this year. Um, but then, yeah, looking towards the backs, yeah, you, you you keep Brad Weaver on the bench. You keep Jordy Barrett there and Bowden Barrett mm. there. I, I made a mention to Scooter, and I, and I did want to run this by you, you know, being a fellow Hurricanes fan, yeah. um, before I let you go. Bowden Barrett, when he came on on the weekend, it, it didn't look great, it, hey, bro? Yeah, like, it, man. Yeah. I mean... If that's going to be him for the rest of his All Blacks career... And, you know, yeah. he's closing on on 100 games, bro. And imagine, like, I don't know, it's, it's such a weird thing to imagine, you know, Bodie, given the heights that he was at, to then knock off 100 tests coming off the bench. Oh, yeah. It almost doesn't fit right. It's it's not. But, oh, yeah, it's a tough one, eh? Like, I think you you can't deny Richie Monga is our, mm. is our 10 yeah, at the moment. Yeah, as exactly. much as I, you know, don't want to deny it and I yeah. love the Hurricanes and everything Bodie's done, 
Richie Moe's our, our guy at the moment and Bodie coming out saying he's not going to play 15 um, probably just means that he's going to have to sit on the pine for a bit longer. Whether or not that's for his 100, I don't know. Fozzie will be uh, that's, that's sad to him, um, but oh, you don't know. Eh? And, and yeah, that last you know 20 minutes when he was taking the reins. Uh, ooh, well, well, he, he walked into you know what looked like a team at the time that was just like, okay, we got the win. We're up by that many points. There's no way that the Wallabies can come back from that. Yeah. yeah. But even just some of his touches, he just didn't, you know, you, you typically, you know, look at Bodie and you're like, okay, that guy just loses confidence. Mm. But when he came on, it was almost like he didn't even want to be there. He's like, oh, fuck, I get the last 15 minutes. Oh, yeah, very grateful. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And so, and that was something that I was always going to be interested in, you know, yeah, just the ego side of things. You know, he chose to go away and earn a million bucks over in Japan and, you know, good on him. I, you know, mm-hmm. I don't say any bad, I don't wish any will, ill will to a guy who goes out and cashes in while he's still a professional footy player. But that's the risk that he ran is that he already was sort of losing the reign and there was talk for Richie Mo to get the nod whilst we were at the World Cup and whatever to run that dual playmaker system. But when he fucked off for another year, mm. he gave Richie the opportunity really to push him far further away given Bodie was nipping at his heels. So... Sure, um, yeah. like right now I think it's going to take an injury pretty much for Bodie to step back in there I, I think if like even if Richie Moreau loses the next two games I feel like he's done enough in the super rugby field to warrant keeping him there and just letting him you know just like ride this whole wave out mm. but yeah gratefully you know we're not the ones that have to like <laughs> make that decision week in week out I mean that's, I'll that's make the decisions when I'm on a, on a couch <laughs> with a beer man in my hand but uh yeah, as we all do, as we all do. But that, yeah, but that's a wrap, bro. This has actually gone pretty well. Our, our, my first um, in-person podcast. It helps that it, that the guy that I'm standing in front of um, is a guy that I've had a relationship with for probably a third of my life now. So yeah, oh, yeah, no, very grateful it. for the friendship and very grateful for your time tonight, bro. I'll have to catch up with you again on Sunday or Monday, depending on what your head's like after Saturday to <laughs> to chop sure. it up again. And hopefully, we're talking about another All Black swim with hopefully an 80 minute performance mm, no, i appreciate it thank you so much kingy um it's my first time ever doing a podcast so uh no this is very easy and uh i love this experience thank you so much bro put it out the park bro I'll catch cheers. you then cheers bro.